Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. It speaks of God, it testifies of God. The fact that there is a creation testifies to the fact that there is a creator. But the specifics that we know about the creator, we get from God's word. Think about how valuable God's word is to us Christians. I mean, it's through the word of God that we learned how we were sinners, how that Christ came and died for us, and by us putting our faith and trust in him, We have a home in heaven for all of eternity. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear judgment. We know that because of God's word. And as I said the last time, God's word tells us where we came from. God's word tells us why we're here. It tells us where we're going. And and it tells us how to live properly here in this life. Now, if you don't have God's word, think about your family and friends who aren't saved. They're just giving it their best guess. And you know what? The world looks like people are just giving it their best guess. A lot of tragedies out there. A lot of sad stories out there. You know, how valuable is the Word of God to us? The written Word of God. I mean, the the written Word of God tells me everything. This is God's manual for my life. From everything of how to dress... Is guided by this book. Uh, you know, the kind of friends that I should have, the kind of places I should go and not go, it's all right here. I am so thankful. You know, once I, I bought a car, I don't. I think it was the, the Malibu that I had right before uh, this escape. I, I think when I bought it, uh, the, the manual wasn't with it. Now, I know you can go online pretty much these days and find all those manuals, but, you know, I, I really miss the fact, and I felt it, that I didn't have that manual, you know, in the glove compartment or tucked under the front seat there. And lots of times questions would come up, and I would be in the car, and I'm thinking, you know, I got to go inside, got to go to the computer, got to look it all up. And that was kind of a, you know, a, a, a difficult little challenge there. Much easier just to have the book and go out there and thumb through it and find what you need. We do have that in this book. And it's, it's that important and, that, and it's that valuable. What we're talking about is the Word of God. But it's interesting that when you talk about the Word of God, when the Bible refers to the Word of God, it refers to the Word of God in several different aspects. There's different aspects to the the Word of God, and you're going to understand it totally and completely as we get into it. Let's talk about, first of all tonight, the Word of God as a person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is referred to in Scripture as the Word. The Word of God as a person, Jesus Christ. Uh, The name by which he is called, the Word of God. In the beginning, John says, was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's clear that John is speaking here of the Son of God, 
Because on down in verse number 14, he identifies what he's talking about when he's talking about the Word was with God, the Word was God. Because in verse number 14, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father. So when we talk about the Word of God among ourselves as Christians... One of the ways we're referencing the Word is Jesus himself. And the Bible describes him as the Word. And that's interesting. I like this quote that I want to share with you. But it does not indicate that among the members of the Trinity, it is especially God the Son. But it it does indicate that among the members of the Trinity, it is especially God the Son who in his person as, in, as well as in his words has the role of communicating the character of God to us and expressing the will of God for us. So Jesus, the third person of the Trinity, is referred to as the Word, and really he is who we look to for understanding God. I mean, you know, you have God, you have the Holy Spirit, they have their roles, but it's kind of unique to Jesus that he came here, walked among us, and and taught. And, And we learn so much about him. And in that sense, he is communicating the character of God. He is the Word of God. So when we refer to the Word of God among ourselves as Christians, someone might be referring to Jesus as the Word, as is described by John in chapter 1 and verse number 1. But also when we talk about the Word the Word of God, it can be as speech by God. Say, so what do you mean by that? Well, God makes decrees. God says things. That's His Word. I have a quote here for you. A decree of God is a Word of God that causes something to happen. Sometimes God's words take the form of powerful decrees that cause events to happen or even cause things to come into being. So when you talk about the Word of God, you can be talking about, you know, Jesus is the Word, and you have Bible, you know, to back you up on that. But also when you're talking about the Word of God, you're really talking about literally things he said. For example, it is recorded in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, "Let there, these are his words, let there be light, and there was light. So in addition to Jesus being the Word, we can think of the Word of God as decrees of God, things that he has said. God created the animal world by speaking his Word. And God said, let the earth, and God said, okay, this is his what? God's Word. This is the Word of God. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Here we have recorded in God's Word, we have God's Word in His Word. I mean, literally, what He is saying. Uh, The psalmist can say in Psalm 33, 6, By the Word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. These powerful creative words from God are often called God's decrees. So, when we start talking among ourselves as Christians about the Word of God, it would be appropriate and nothing wrong with, you know, you're talking about Jesus because he's the word. The word 
here on earth for us. But you could also be talking about the, the literal things he said. I mean, when God said, let there be heaven and earth, is that the word of God? Well, of course it's the word of God. It's just a different aspect of, of, of thinking about it. But you can also have, you can also have God's words of personal address. God's words of personal address. A word or a personal address is when God communicates with people on earth by speaking directly to them. Now, I haven't heard his verbal word since I've been alive, but there have been people that have heard that at the beginning of creation. God literally spoke to Adam. That's the word of God. Genesis 2.16, And the Lord commanded the man, saying... Of every tree of the garden. He's hearing this. He's hearing the word of God. Thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So, yeah, when God spoke directly to people in history, was that the word of God? Well, who would argue that it's not? I mean, yeah, that's, that's the word of God. That's, that's him speaking. And the same is the case when God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Again, that's God speaking directly to people in Scripture, recorded by Scripture. I like this quote here. To disbelieve or disobey any of these words would have been to disbelieve or disobey God. I mean, when they heard God directly, it would have been sin. Though the words of God's personal address are always seen in Scripture to be the actual words of God, they are also human words in that they are spoken in ordinary human language that these men understood. And how fascinating is that? So for us to have a full grasp of what we Christians talk about when we're talking about the Word of God, we understand that it can be, you know, the decrees of God. It can be a personal address. Um, it, it could be either one of those things. But also, you have another aspect. And I realize these are nuanced, and, but it's important to understand that. God's words as speech through human lips. In other words, there were times that God told people what to say, and what they were saying was really God's words, not theirs. In Deuteronomy 18, God says this to Moses, I will raise them up a prophet from among the brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass, and whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So again, we're just looking at all the different ways we can think about the word of God. And here is one where God's word speaking through other men. God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, nine. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And we believe that. We believe some of these Old Testament prophets, that God was speaking through them, and as they spoke, they were really uh, speaking the words of God. One writer said, Got another quote here. 
Thus God's words spoken through human lips were considered to be just as authoritative and just as true as God's words of personal address. Yeah, when a prophet said, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. There was no diminishing of the authority of these words when they were spoken through human lips. To disbelieve or disobey any of them was to disbelieve or disobey God himself. So, you can have God making a decree, you know, speak and the worlds are created. You can have a personal address where he's speaking directly to someone. You can have him speaking through someone. But normally... When we talk about the Word of God, what we're talking about is the written Word of God. Most commonly, that's where we are. So, we find in Scripture where God put words in, in, in writing. And by the way, that, that's one of the primary reasons that Christians have always put a priority on literacy and on education. I mean, Harvard... You, you know, started off as a preacher's school. Hard to believe today. But, I mean, the, the, the Puritans, the pilgrims, they, they put a priority on literacy because they wanted you to read the Word of God. You know, it's important to read it. That's, that's one of the reasons literacy is so important today. We want to be able to read the Word of God. Now, it hasn't always been that way. In my early morning studies, I've been studying uh, church history for the past several mornings. And, you know, one thing is evident. There was a time when a certain denomination forbid you to read the Word of God. The Catholic Church. They burn people at the stake. If you can, you know, it's just so hard to believe. But the, the point is, the, God has given us, it's part of his plan where he has given us his words in writing. Uh, in, in Exodus thirty-one eighteen, And he gave unto Moses, and we had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, uh, 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 two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. We see God directly involved in written language. Uh, Isaiah 30, verse number 8. God commanded Isaiah, now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. I mean, this is God sanctioning, you know, the written word and him giving us his words in written form. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 32, thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. And in 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It was part of God's divine will that we receive a written copy of the very words of God. And don't let anybody get you to doubt this book. There are people today that will try to tell you that it's filled with contradictions and errors and nothing is further from the truth. There have been people in the past that have said, you know, uh, in ignorance that this was right or, or no, that this was wrong and this wasn't correct, only to have archaeologists find out, no, the book was right to begin with, you know, and, and for history to prove that the book was right to begin with. So... Understand the value of that. Have have you ever stopped to contemplate 
the value of God giving us his word in written form? Probably not something we think about that often. But there's great benefit to the fact that we have the written word of God. Let me give you three this evening. Three of the benefits. And there are many, but we'll just look at three here. Benefits that come from God's word in written form. First, there's a much more accurate preservation of God's word for subsequent generations. To depend on memory and the repeating of oral tradition is a less reliable method of preserving these words throughout history than is their recording in writing, that you can't do any better than the writing of God's word. If you try to pass down oral traditions, things get all mixed up. It's just valuable that we have a preservation of God's word. And we, we need to value this. We need to understand. Listen, how important is this book? Back to church history for a, for a second. The whole Protestant Reformation was started with this book. Martin Luther who was a Catholic priest, right? He started reading the book. And then he started looking at what was coming out of Rome. And then he'd look at the book. Then he'd look at what's coming out of Rome. And he said, I just don't see that. Mary being venerated? Where is that? Any reason why they didn't want these people reading? You know, they, they thought they would have the priests under control. They didn't have Martin Luther. Boy, he was a hard-nosed guy. You, he stood up to the world back then. He stood up to the religious world. He stood up to the state, which back then was, was one and the same. Started looking for purgatory in here. Couldn't find it. Started looking for infant baptism. Couldn't find it. So many things. And the Protestant Reformation took place because of him reading the Word. And then translating it, and then wanting others to read it. And Rome really didn't like it. I mean, folks, they had a racket going. You say, Pastor, you're Catholic bashing. I really am not. I am telling you honest and accurate history. There may not have been in the history of the world an overall more corrupt organization than the Catholic Church. Now, there's good Catholic people. I've got good Catholic friends. My neighbors down in Louisiana, Frank and Cheryl Zamar, you won't meet better people. I love them. I would do anything in the world for them. They would do anything in the world for me. But it's a fact that, that it was corrupt. Now, what, what has led to the blessings of God? It's been the printing of God's word and then the reading of God's word, hiding God's word in our heart. There's... The accurate preservation of God's word. I mean, or if, what if we were relying on just oral, oral transmission through the years? Who knows? I mean, you know how that goes. I could tell Chuck something. He could repeat it to Rachel and to Jan and to Sherry. And by the time it gets over here, who knows, you know. But if I hand him a note and the note gets passed around, it's going to say the same thing there that it said here. So that's the value. I mean, is it an understatement to say that God is smart? And, and knows what he's doing. Secondly, the opportunity for repeated inspection of words that are written down permits careful study and discussion, which leads to better understanding and more complete obedience. With the written word of God, we can study it. 
We can go from this chapter to that chapter. We can follow what the Bible says about salvation and compare and contrast and look and grow and learn because we have the written word of God and how, how valuable that is to us. And, and let, me, let me just chase a rabbit here. Be, beware today. And I teach this in my uh, introduction class to the church. What do we call that class? Story point. Thank you, Bob. Bob's never been in it, but he knows it so, better than I do. Um, you know, I tell people, you've you got to be careful today because almost every church in America and every denomination in America, if you ask them, do you believe the Bible? Do you preach the Bible? They will, for the most part, say, oh, yes, 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 we do. But you have to pin them down. You, know, you, you have to find out, what, what do you believe? See, some people will say, we believe the Bible. Well, do you believe that the Bible has errors and contradictions? Well, sure, that's, that's a given. I mean, there's, there's preachers that, that, that believe that. Some people believe that it, it contains the Word of God. That it's in there, but you, it's not all the Word of God. Some of that's got to be fables. That, you know, Noah, Jonah, all that stuff, that's got to be fables. So, but, it, but it's in there. And some of them think it's the Word of God when it speaks to you, when it inspires you. So, you know, don't, don't be naive. And, and understand this, too. For everybody in our church, one of the things that makes our church unique is this is the final authority. Okay? And I, I've told you the story, but it bears repeating. Some of you haven't heard it. This was way back when we were in the old church. I was, I had something to say about Catholics, and I don't remember what it was, but I wanted to make sure I was getting it right. And, you know, I always want to be fair. I always want to do my homework. So I called the archdiocese up in Gaylord, and I said, let me speak to a theologian. And they put sister somebody on the phone, and we had a pleasant we had, a, we had a pleasant conversation. She was, she was a nice lady to talk with. And she was explaining to me, she was answering my questions because I wasn't raised, I was raised in a Catholic neighborhood. A lot of the kids in the neighborhood went to St. Jared Elementary School and then they went to Redemptorist High School. So, you know, South Louisiana may be predominantly Catholic. I don't know. So I grew up, in, but still I had questions. So she was very kind to answer my questions. And at the end of the conversation, you know, I asked her, I said, um, so what is the basis for, you know, everything you've told me about what you believe? What, 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 what is the basis for that? Where does it come from? Where, what is your final authority? And I asked her, I said, is it the Bible? And without hesitation, she said, oh, no. Do you disbelieve me on that? Because that's exactly what she said. She said, it's the church which means the Pope and the Cardinals. That's why they come up with all kind of stuff that's not in the Bible, because the Bible's not their final authority. So don't be naive when you're, you say, but my Catholic friends, they believe the Bible too. Not, not like we do. And I tell people too, in, in the starting point class, that you're safe when you go to a church that really believes the Bible. Because I can't lead you astray from the Bible. If I start preaching something and it's not in the Bible, get rid of me. Give me a big bonus before you get rid of me. <laughs> but if it, 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 you know, we're safe. 
This, this is, I'm not the guide. This is the guide. This is the final authority, not, not me. You got problems when Jim Jones becomes your final authority. The younger generation has no idea who I'm talking about. You know, it, 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 it's bad when David Koresh becomes your final authority. And both those guys say they believe the book. So, now, when we do believe the book, and it does become our final authority, as the world drifts further and further away, and, and Christians become cultural Christians, by cultural Christians, culture is their final authority. And everywhere that they have homosexual uh, weddings and homosexual priests and all that kind of stuff, that, that's cultural Christians, okay? The, 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 when we stick with the book, we're going to be just like our grandfathers believed and our great-grandfathers believed, and we're going to be that much different from culture, and we're going to catch it from them. We're going to catch it from them because it makes them look bad, and they don't like that. So... The written word of God, but it it tells me where I came from, why I'm here, where I'm going, and how to live while I'm here. Thirdly, God's word and writing are accessible to many more people than they are when preserved merely through memory or oral repetition. They can be inspected at any time by any person and are not limited in accessibility to those who have memorized them or those who are able to present them uh, when they are recited orally only. No, we have something we can share with people. I mean, there's people in this room that have gotten Bibles and have sent them to loved ones and people they care about and given them to friends. And aren't we glad that it's in written, uh, it's in written form? It's profitable for us. I mean, I am so thankful that when I face a trial or I feel some anxiety, or I'm worried about something, or concerned about something, you know what I do? I grab this book. I grab this book. And I go to my easy chair. And usually under those circumstances, I turn to Psalms. And it does for me what no one else or nothing else can Well, my wife is a great source of encouragement, a great, huge blessing. But nothing can compare to this book. We need to be people of the book, and we need to uh, hold that title with great uh, appreciation. Uh, Some people might disparagingly call us Bible thumpers. So be it. You know, this... We hope and pray that someday their eyes will be open and they'll no longer be walking in darkness. And they can see what we see and they can value what we value. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law, talking about the word of God, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Boy, that's putting a lot on this book. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So it's not enough just to read it and meditate on it, that thou might observe to do what's written therein. I mean, 
tells you how to dress. It tells you what you can watch on TV, what you can't watch on TV. It tells you what kind of music that you can listen to, what kind of music you can't listen to. Yeah, that's all. It tells you what makes a good husband, what makes a bad husband, what makes a good wife, a bad wife. It tells you how to raise your children. It tells you everything. And the best day of your life will come when you submit to it and quit arguing with it. When you just submit. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The properous, prosperous life, the successful life right here is tied into God's word, reading it, meditating on it, and doing it. Go out into the laboratory of life. It's right out those doors. It's on display right now. And check out the people that have no time for this book or uh, despise this book. Even many people do these days. They think it is oppressive. They think that it is the cause of many problems today. But check out their lives. And then go into the home where a young couple sits around their dinner table at night and they hold hands and they thank God for their food. Why do they do that? Because they were taught that from God's word. And see the difference. It's huge. And it's wonderful. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.